0: Welcome to the Be Disciples Podcast. This is season two. Overall, it's episode 30. Uh, this is Kyle Morris with Dakota Smith, and uh, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, what's going on, Pastor Kyle? How you doing?
0: Good. Hey, if you're listening, the best thing you could do to support us is share the podcast. So if you can go on your Facebook or Instagram, Twitter, I don't really care what you use, but if you just want to share BeDisciplesPodcast.com or go there and and share an episode, share your favorite one, uh, tell people about it. That's how you can get people to listen to our podcast. We're here to help make mature and multiply disciples. Amen. Uh, Be a disciple, make a disciple. So we want you to do it, and sharing this podcast is a way to really start that conversation.
1: Yeah, and I would even just say this. Why don't you just push pause on the episode right now, go to your Facebook, and do that very thing. Share it, make it public, uh, help us to get the word of God out. This is another way of evangelism. Uh, Another form of it where you can make the faith known. So, hey, thanks so much for tuning in to Be Disciples Podcast. Um, Pastor Kyle, I have had quite the week. Yeah, you have. (laughs) It's been uh, uh,
0: an exciting week since uh, we record on Wednesdays. So about five days ago on Saturday, um, there was a blessing that occurred.
1: I welcomed my son into the world. Uh, My wife gave birth to Obadiah Luke Smith. Uh, His name means the servant of the Lord brings light. He was born at nine pounds, eight ounces. Oh my gosh, he's huge, 22 inches long. Uh, My wife is such a champ, Uh, but he's our fourth child. Selah is our oldest. She's five. Jojo or Josiah, he's three. Hosanna is two. And Now we have a little Obi. And uh, we've been in transition mode, just trying to figure out how do we juggle four kids metaphorically?
0: <laughs> yeah. And I'm just trying to figure out how to do two sermons in a row, two weeks.
1: <laughs> uh, and,
0: uh, but, uh, and same with me this week, actually today that we're recording, uh, is my son's first birthday. That's right. So, uh, Conrad's one years old and he is definitely a one-year-old. So yeah. he's starting to walk and Climb. get into all the mischief that he can.
1: Yeah. Uh, one of the blessings of being a dad is children don't, you don't just see what's in children, but through children, the Lord shows you what's inside of you. Yes. Like, oh, Lord, I didn't realize that was in me. Uh, <laughs> I had a moment a couple days ago where I was like, Lord, when under pressure, what comes out of me? And I had one of those moments in the flesh, just a frustrating moment as a father. And I realized. I'm in their life to influence them because I want them to walk with Jesus. But I also realize they're in my life because God put them there because Jesus wants me to walk with him as well. Amen. And uh, wow, what a truth to be held. You know, we want our kids to be arrows uh, for the future to be shot into the enemy's camp or they make an impact for Jesus. Amen. So
0: we're going to continue our um, really discussion on Mark chapter one, but I'm going to go ahead and pray for us. Yeah. Uh, as we get into the word. Let's do it. Dear Lord, thank you for um, this podcast and this means to uh, equip believers and share the gospel and uh, just to take advantage of of these resources and, and technology to uh, spend this time uh, to have another avenue to just speak truth. And uh, so I thank you for that, Lord. I pray for our listeners that they would take this information, they would study it, they would Uh, use it they would feel the call to action to go out and share the gospel and to disciple others and to equip them for the kingdom lord and so just uh just be with us tonight and be with all of the listeners who are learning who are growing and uh and just whatever's going on in their life that you just give them peace today lord in jesus name amen amen so yeah we are in mark chapter one i think we left off we finished verse 20 and we're in 21 now yeah
1: so, just a brief overview. Verses one through eight, we dealt with uh, the ministry of John the Baptist, and also John the, Ma- the Baptist' declaration that he only baptizes with water. But a big contrast: Jesus comes to baptize with the Holy Spirit. We see Jesus' moments in the wilderness. Well, first we see him get baptized, right? Yep. Uh, to begin his ministry and to identify with man, and then we also see him go into the wilderness. Uh, And then verses 14 through 20, we really see Jesus declaring the basic gospel in a a nutshell. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Uh, And then we also saw him call his first disciples, his first four disciples. And we pick it up in Mark chapter 1, verses 21, all the way to 45 for tonight. I'm assuming that's about where we'll be, right? Yep. Uh, A lot to cover. We'll go kind of quickly,
0: but hopefully take some nuggets out of it and use it in your conversations.
1: Yeah, well, and and that's one thing. Just to always keep in mind is we want this podcast to be a tool so that you can very intentionally uh, work with people in your life who have never read the Bible before, or they are a Christian but they need to grow, or nobody's really tapping them for leadership. The unsaved, the newly saved, and They've been saved, but, you know, they could really run harder after the Lord. Um, We want you to use these conversations that we're having to influence you to have some sort of course and direction for your own discipleship plan. And remember, it's just important to follow up with people, get them on the calendar. Uh, Kyle, you and I were just talking before the show. Uh, You know, if you're really discipling people, you can prove it on your calendar. What does your weekly calendar look like? Are you meeting with somebody for breakfast? Are you meeting with somebody at lunch? Are you meeting with somebody for dinner, having them over to your house? What are you doing intentionally to invest in somebody? And that's kind of the course of where we're going with this study. Yep.
0: So Mark uh, chapter one, verse 21, I'm going to start reading here. We'll probably do through 28 first. Here it says, and they went into Capernaum, which they is Jesus and the disciples. Yep. And immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue. And was teaching,, yep. and they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority, yeah. and not as the scribes, and immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, "What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Mm-hmm. Have you come to destroy us? Mm-hmm. I know you who you are, the holy one of God." But Jesus rebuked him, saying, "Be silent and come out of him." And the unclean spirit convulsing him. And crying out with a loud voice came out to him. And they were all amazed. So they were quest- So they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. Wow.
1: So, yeah, uh, Jesus cast out a demon.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Pretty crazy. I mean, think about... There's obviously other things that happen between calling the first disciples. There was some teaching, I'm sure, and 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 listening to Jesus and learning and being discipled and those sort of things. Uh, But so they go into this synagogue and Jesus is teaching, and there's this unclean spirit that like is there and kind of says, "Hey, Jesus." Yeah, I mean, knows who he is, knows exactly who he is. He calls him the Holy One of God. Yeah, yeah. So for one, we know that demons knew who Jesus was right before Jesus came to this earth. Right. I mean, they know in who, physical form. Yeah. In physical form. I mean, we know Jesus has always existed and that's a good talking point when you're, when you're speaking with somebody over coffee that Jesus just didn't arrive. Right. Uh, when he was born in a manger. Right. Jesus has been alive since forever.
1: Yeah. And no he, beginning. He is God in so, the beginning no, was already the word the word. Right. And so,
0: uh, this demon knows who Jesus is, knows Jesus's purpose. He even asks, have you come to destroy us? Right. Um, because they know that's going to occur. Right. <laughs> I mean, they know it's going to happen.
1: Well, and let's just, uh, there's two things that I want to say. Uh, we'll come back to the demon in a moment. Cause I want to just touch on demons for a brief minute. Cause sure. anybody you're discipling is going to have a question about this, but I, I do think it's important not to move too fast. First of all, he's in Capernaum on the Sabbath in the synagogue teaching. Verse 22, they were amazed at his teaching. Why were they amazed at his teaching? For he was teaching them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Mm -hmm. There's a contrast there. There's this theme picking up that the scribes or the religious leaders of the day, they don't teach with this type of power, this type of dynamite, but Jesus does. And Mm -hmm. I mean, there's something that sets Jesus apart as a teacher, and I believe that brings us back to the point where Jesus was baptized by the Holy Spirit. His ministry has begun. Of course, he's the son of God. But Jesus is not doing a ministry where he's trusting in himself. Jesus is involved in a ministry where he does the will of the Father and powered by the Holy Spirit. He's living life as a man and he's showing what life looks like when we trust God, when we trust the Father exactly you know i mean our teaching comes across with authority with power with with holy spirit packed dynamite uh you could be the most eloquent teacher in the world uh, but that doesn't mean that you're teaching in the power of the holy spirit yeah and, and who knows how long this demon was there
0: yeah in this synagogue yeah. how long great point that this demon's been attending he didn't call out a scribe for teaching
1: yeah right yeah it says, just then there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit. Right. Yeah. Wow.
0: And so he didn't call, He who knows how long this unclean spirit's been around in this man. I don't know. But he didn't call out the scribes.
1: Yeah. He called out Jesus. Where were the scribes Be, after all this time? Right.
0: Because of this authority that he's teaching. Right. Uh, it was recognizable, right. clearly recognizable about who this Jesus, he wasn't just a everyday Pharisee or something. Right. Uh, very different uh, in his teaching. Uh so I just think that's amazing that we we see this interaction and then we get into Jesus rebuking right uh the demon right saying be silent come out of him yeah and immediately that's what happens yeah so we Where's see the th- verse again be silent come out of- I'm just uh, verse 25 oh that's right yep he tells him to come out so we see another authority yeah we see the teaching right and the authority is recognized through his teaching right but then we see the authority occur of Jesus having power over demons, right? Uh, as well in this section.
1: Yeah, well, I'm reading a book right now. Uh, I think his first name is Greg, but his last name is Heisler, and he he's written a book called uh, "The Spirit or Spirit Empowered Preaching." I, I think he's a really good scholar. You know, he's uh, not off in his theology or anything like that, but he just makes the basic point that we have failed to remember at times or at large, that our churches should be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Um, He actually, he makes a quote from A.W. Tozer. A.W. Tozer was one of the most famous Christian authors of, you know, uh, the last century. And A.W. Tozer made a point. He said, some of our churches could go 25 years without realizing that the Holy Spirit was even there, if the Holy Spirit hypothetically left. And it's because if we're not careful, we get into this flow of religiosity and hearing the scribes teach and there's no holy, you know, we're Holy Spirit shy. And we get to a point where we forget what the power of the Holy Spirit looks like in preaching. Now you have Jesus comes along and he's not just preaching in the power of the spirit. He's also rebuking demons in that dynamite power. Yeah, it's crazy. It is. There's a movement of God here in the synagogue. <laughs> yes
0: there is uh i mean for one jesus is there so of course that there's obviously a movement there right but we see the holy spirit at work as well yes with jesus yes uh and and sometimes that's not i don't i don't think that's always talked about right um because we think oh the son of god is there of course he can do that right no the holy spirit was there too right and there was there's was holy spirit at work right uh in him and and through him uh and so we can't forget about that because the important piece when you're talking to somebody is as a Christian, you've got the Holy Spirit. Right. The same Holy Spirit, right? That's with Jesus. Right. No different. Right. No less power. Right. It's not like the worst version of it. Right. Right. Because we're a human and not God. Yeah. It's the same Holy Spirit that can allow us to work right. and to guide us and to use us and to give us gifts and produce fruit. And so we have to remember that this same Holy Spirit that was with Jesus, that rebuked This demon is the same Holy Spirit with us today.
1: Yeah. Well, and and it's also really important to understand uh, just because that's true doesn't mean we can manipulate the Holy Spirit to do things for us. Correct. But the fact of the matter is that as we trust in the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will use us as his empty vessels. Yep. And one thing that Jesus displayed as the Holy Spirit descended upon him to begin his ministry is he was showing Look, this is what ministry looks like when you trust God. It's not dead ministry like with the scribes. And and then let's just go a little further in this conversation. Like you said a moment ago, this demon knew exactly who Jesus was. Uh, Second Peter tells us that there are already certain demons who were formerly angels before they fell with Satan that are already locked up in chains awaiting the day of judgment. But then there's other angels like, or excuse me, other fallen angels or demons, like this one here, he knows judgment is coming, but he's not necessarily lock, locked up yet. And and here's Jesus, and the first thing he's doing is he's saying, "I've come to teach in a way you've never seen teaching before, and I've come to expel darkness because I'm the light of the world." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty intense. It is.
0: It yeah. is. And so uh, we see this unclean spirit um, come out of this this individual. Yeah. Uh, And then it says, and they were amazed. And so they questioned among themselves, what is this? A new teaching with with authority. For one, he commands even unclean spirits and they obey him. Right. Um, So obviously this is something that they've never seen before. Right. It's all new. Right. The teaching, the the unclean spirits, uh, obeying him and leaving this man with just his words. Um, And so this last verse says, and fame spread. People heard of this story. Yeah, uh, and it went out the region of Galilee, and so this is one example right. of many of Jesus's authority and power, and uh, and and part of his reputation as it grows in his ministry. Right.
1: Yeah. So continuing on, verses 29, I'd say to 39, we could probably mm-hmm. continue with that next passage. You want to read it? Yep. Verse
0: 29. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and he there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go to the next towns, that I may preach there also. For that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. Yeah.
1: You know, Jesus continues with this ministry of casting out demons and healing people. Kyle, you know this from John Korea's class in Bible College. Uh, the reason why Jesus is healing and casting out demons, and you'll see later he does other miraculous miracles. Uh, I think most have heard of the the story of how Jesus walks on water. But Jesus's point is not that you go around looking for demons to cast out. The reason why Jesus is doing these things is to show you what a foreshadowing of the kingdom of God looks like. Because earlier in verse 15, he said, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So the gospel is not just only things that you hear, but it's also a life transformation. Jesus is doing these miraculous things because he's showing glimpses of the coming kingdom. Yeah, and I, and
0: I think we have to kind of be aware in the moment here with the with the disciples, yeah, the apostles here, uh, yeah. of they just witnessed Jesus do this probably for the first time, the demons, uh, and and or at they, least it's new, or at least it's new to them. Um, and, and then he goes, and they they go back to um simon and andrews and simon's mother-in-law is there and she's sick that's peter and yeah peter and they 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 tell jesus she's sick and he goes in and he heals her and she begins to serve him right away i mean this scene is if you've ever seen the show chosen the scene is in there and yeah uh it's a pretty good scene of, of of this piece of of the gospel and so this happens and then that evening they start bring in the whole town right. <laughs> who's sick or, or uh, may have demons in them. And then uh, they are just gathering people and people are coming to the door and he's healing people and he's casting out demons. Uh, and, and so it's, it's almost like uh, the apostles are just out of their minds. I mean, think about this. Yeah. They're like, wait a minute, Jesus can, can do all this. He has this power. He's the son of God. Yeah. We've got to go get everybody. Yeah. He can heal every single person. Yeah. And then, So they just go out and they're gathering people. And I just kind of think of that scene and how fast their brains are probably working in that moment. And just, they don't even know what to do. They're just like, all we know is we need to get people to Jesus. Yeah. Like that is their mission. Yeah. Because he can heal them. And I think they were missing the real point, which you talked about, Mm -hmm. was he's foreshadowing the coming kingdom. Right. And what is going to be totally eliminated. Right. No demons, no illness, no death. Right. Perfection. Yep. They they they're not thinking that. Right. They're just in this, we just need to get people to Jesus moment.
1: So a few things. Uh, first of all, you're totally right. Demons, sickness and disease and all these other things, sin itself, those are all monuments of evil. Mm-hmm. Or or the results of evil in a fallen world. Jesus is showing you that when he comes to make all things new again, I mean, this is just an example. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. Anyone who believes in me, though he die, he will live. Jesus's job is to completely eradicate all monuments of evil and death and sin because he's bringing a new kingdom. Get rid of those monuments of death. I'm a god of life. Right. So he wants he's showing the kingdom that he's bringing and people need to believe in that kingdom so that he is first king over their heart before he returns a second time and becomes king over the entire world.
0: Right. And and what a good moment to talk about good and evil yeah
1: you know when you're talking to somebody
0: you're yeah. sitting down You're 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 saying look at this there's there's evil in this world there's demons uh we see we we know that there's illness we know there's just there's suffering there's all of these things that are caused by sin right you know and, and a lot of people there the question will be well why does god even allow that in the first place Yep. like why is there why is there sin And i think right. you can really have a good conversation about um the state of humanity right now. Right. Well, the reality is we're all going to hell and we need somebody to intervene for us. Yeah. We're not perfect. The
1: ship is sinking for everybody.
0: We're all going down. Yeah. And we need a savior. Yeah. And we know that savior is Jesus. Right. Jesus is the only one that can get us there. That's right. And so it's kind of shifting that perspective of why is God allowing this to happen? Well, the reality is it's already happening. Right. And he gave us the lifeboat. Right. He gave us the lifeline. Grab on. It's Jesus. I'm right. filling the gap. Come with me. I can represent you because I'm perfect. Right. I'm holy. I'm righteous. Come now. Yep. And so this is a this is a great conversation to have during that time is let's talk about evil a little bit. Yeah. Why does it exist? Right. And then what is good? And we can talk about Jesus. And so it's just a, a quick uh, moment to stop it and to talk about that because I think that would be a question. Why is there demons in the first place? Yeah. Why does he have to heal people? Why couldn't he just make everything perfect?
1: You know, it is kind of interesting to me when you just think about Satan, um, uh, biblically speaking, his name uh, was also Lucifer. Many believe from the book of Isaiah that he was the worship leader in heaven for all other angels, uh, which side note, of, of course, Satan would want to influence you by music uh, that draws you away from God, right? Uh, but that's just a side note. But it appears that Satan fell for no other reason, or at least the primary reason is because he thought he could be God better than God could be God. And it's interesting because it's al- not that God has to, but it's almost like God is willing to get in the ring and to take a challenge. Uh, our very own lives created in his image say that God is worth living for, and we have the capacity to tell everybody what God is like by how we live. Um. One of the reasons why evil is in the world right now is because I think, uh, and I think this scripturally, a verse isn't coming to my my mind right now, but I actually believe that the Lord is allowing evil to take place so that he can humiliate Satan and he can humiliate evil and show his righteousness and his glory and how awesome he is to completely smack him down. (laughs) Uh, The Lord is righteous. To rise up against evil. So Satan makes that choice. He falls. He rebels. He takes humans with him. And God says, watch. Watch what I'm about to do. You know, it's all about God's glory and righteousness. He's able to do that if he wants to.
0: Yeah. And the great thing about the whole thing is he created us and he loves us. Yes. And he doesn't want us to go with Satan. Right. And he says, well, they're not perfect. Right. Satan was in the garden. Right. um, And Adam and Eve ate from the fruit. And they disobeyed God, right? Sin entered, right? Yep. At that
1: point, at that point, yep.
0: But God didn't say, "You're you're separated forever. You're separated if
1: right, forever if if
0: you don't know me." Right. There's an out, right? right? An okay. Out is Jesus. Evil sin has entered. He never said evil sin has entered. You're doomed forever. I'm not going to help you at all. Right. That's not what he did. And I think a lot of people think that God doomed us. No, God didn't doom us. Right, we doomed ourselves. Right, <laughs> right, right. Uh, we, our choice. We sinned. Yeah, it was our choice, and so now the result of that is a separation from God because we're no longer perfect. Yep. But then God goes, No, I love
1: you. Yeah. And I want you to come home.
0: And so the only way to do that is to send my Son. Right. On the cross to bear all sin, to be perfect. Yeah. For you. And that's that's the person we're talking about here in Mark.
1: Yeah. That Jesus, that Son of God. And imagine in heaven. Where we realize one day that we're fully in his presence, not because of anything we've done, but because of everything he has done. Uh, Jesus will eradicate all evil completely. And he shows that because uh, in this passage because he has authority even over demons. They have to listen to him because while they used to be angels, he was their creator. They fell. They're now different. Jesus still has authority over them, though. So we we continue in in verse 35.
0: Where Jesus gets up in the morning. Yep. He departs alone. Yep. Right? Uh, to go out and pray. Yep. Then Peter is looking for him. Yep. Jesus, where are you? And he says, <laughs> and, and they found him and he said, everyone's looking for you. Yeah. Where did you go? Come on, man. What's going on? There's work to be done, right? You yep. need to heal people. <laughs> yep. That's probably their mindset. Yep. And then he says to them, hey, there's other towns. There's other places that I that I may preach there. Right. Or that is why I came out. Right. So there's kind of a, a message within here. We had this moment of healing and demons, but the real G the real reason Jesus is there is not to heal everybody. Right. Is not to cast out all demons. Right. That's not this this time. Yep. This time is to go tell people about
1: who he is right. and what is about to occur. And to foreshadow the coming kingdom. Right.
0: And right. so. Uh, he has a different plan, um, which is the original plan. Whereas the disciples kind of have their own plan in their own minds of what's going to go on.
1: Isn't that so true with Christians today?
0: Right, we all <laughs> we end up having our own plans.
1: Here, here's my plan to serve Jesus, and Jesus is like, Nah, <laughs> nope, that's not what nah, I want. I want you to be spirit filled. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so then,
0: yeah. So then he says, Hey, we need to go, and so they went. Yeah, and they followed him all throughout Galilee uh preaching in the synagogues and and I, and it even says and casting out demons. It's not like Jesus stopped casting out demons or stopped healing people. Right. That just this was the foreshadowing. He wasn't going to cast out all demons and heal all people. He was there for something more important than
1: that. Right. Something one day all of it will be taken care of. Right. Yeah, yeah. But he came to conquer death, right? For us. Right. That's more important. Yep. Uh
0: and that's what he wanted to get to. Right. So he was saying we need to move forward.
1: Yep. He's giving these foreshadowing signs of his kingdom to come. And in order to enter into that kingdom that's going to come, he has to die on the cross for our sins. Now, that hasn't been mentioned in the text yet, but that's where the text is going. Now we're in verses 40 to 45. Should I close up this passage? Yeah, go ahead. And a leper came to Jesus, beseeching him and falling on his knees before him and saying, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Moved with compassion. That word compassion means his stomach turned inside out. Moved with compassion, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed and he sternly warned him and immediately sent him away. And he said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Verse 45, but he went out and began to proclaim it freely, the man who was healed, and to spread the news around to such an extent that Jesus could no longer publicly enter a city, but stayed out in unpopulated areas, and they were coming to him from everywhere. So, final passage of the night, some concluding remarks. What you got, brother?
0: Yeah, so we see a leper being healed, um, which we know that lepers would not have been in the town. Yep. They would have been on the outside, yeah, outcasts, true. right? Yep. Um, So they would have been nowhere near other people except other lepers. Yep. That would be the only other people around. Yep. They were considered unclean. Uh, You could not touch them. For one, if you touched them, you'd possibly get it yourself, right? Yep. Um, because it was a disease that could be transferred in that way.
1: Or just be considered ceremonially unclean. Right, Or exactly. worship in the temple. Right, so you couldn't go
0: into the town right. because you touched a leper. Right which we see the strategy of Jesus here
1: yeah. in his
0: conversation with this man. I've healed you. Yeah. Say nothing more to anybody.
1: Right. Go straight
0: to the priest and offer your cleansing that Moses commanded.
1: Right. There's a law in the Old Testament that said, you know, before you go back out into public, you essentially need to prove that you've been healed of this and the priest right. needs to verify it. Uh, side note here too. I mean, this brings you back. Some of the things we're experiencing today with social distancing and COVID and things like that. and you know, taking 10 days off before you go back to work. That was actually an active lifestyle here in this culture. Uh, if you were a Hebrew, because uh, you had to stay distant if you were considered unclean. Yep. Uh, so, you know, there, I guess you could say there's some relevance, not that it's trying to make that point here in the text, but at least experientially, we can kind of understand, oh, I, I understand now a little bit more what social distancing looks like. And how desperate this leper would have been and why Jesus would have been moved with compassion.
0: Right. And so, so we have Jesus yep. touching this man. Yep. Right. So we just talked about how that would have been an unclean thing for someone to do. Right. 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 But not Jesus. Right. Right. Because he heals. That's right. Uh, and so he tells him to not go tell people. <laughs> right. The guy goes and tells people. Yeah. Right. Obviously, he's super excited. Yeah, <laughs> he goes and spreads the news, yep. uh, and so says Jesus couldn't enter the town, but uh, but was out in a desolate place, and people ended up coming out to him. Yeah, um, and so we see this cultural yeah. uh, issue going on. Yeah. Uh, I think where now people would see him as unclean, right? Uh, where he wouldn't be a- be a- allowed in the town, right? Uh, and so now people are coming to him. So I just think that's interesting um, that even though this guy was healed, he still didn't obey Jesus. Right. And I find that quite interesting um, because I think, I know at times I want certain things to happen. I wish Jesus could, could heal and I, and do all these things and, and, and could he do all of it? Could he heal today? Yes, he heals today. Um, But we want all these things, but the reality is uh, it doesn't mean we're going to be obedient. Right. Um, And, and we have to be obedient regardless. Right. And I think that's, uh, to me, that's kind of a little bit of a lesson here where we have a man who is healed. Obedience didn't happen after that healing. Uh, we see people being cast out, demons being cast out of people. We see all kinds of amazing, powerful things that only God could do. Right. But it doesn't make people obedient. Right. It doesn't even make people necessarily believe. You may get healed on the outside. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, so I think. St- seeing these healings, is it miraculous? Yes. Is it, is it evidence of who he is? Yes. Uh, But it doesn't mean people are going to be saved. Yeah. Miracles don't guarantee salvation. Right. It's belief in Jesus and what he'd done on the cross. Right. So I I think we have to be careful around these passages of healing um, and, and even in our lives because healing doesn't necessarily change people's
1: hearts. Right. Well, and there are certain cases and we'll see it here in the gospel of Mark, you know, when a, a woman with an issue, a bleeding issue, Uh, for a number of years comes and uh, touches uh, Jesus's garment and Jesus's, your faith has made you well. A few structural things as we start to close up though, Kyle, do you notice that we've seen Jesus cast out a demon and then he healed uh, Simon's mother-in-law and and then he casts out another demon and he's healing other people in general of their diseases. and Mm -hmm. uh, And then you get to this last position here where he heals a man of leprosy. You're seeing this Okay, Jesus casts out demons, he heals people. He casts out demons, he heals people. So that's a thematic picture that you have to get a hold of as you're reading and finishing Mark chapter 1. But something else, this is called the Messianic Secret. It's really interesting because he told the demons not to say anything about who he was. It's also interesting because the disciples are like, Jesus, you've got to get all the people around you. And Jesus is like, nah, let's go to a secluded place. And then he heals the leper, and the leper. Jesus is like, don't go say anything unless it's to the priest alone. And what's the leper do? He goes into all the town talking about Jesus. You know, one thing that's awesome about Jesus is his humility. He knows exactly who he is. He doesn't need a demon to share it publicly. He doesn't need other people to share it publicly. He doesn't need your or my opinion to declare who he is. But he will declare himself as the Messiah on his terms when he's ready and his timing. Um. And I love that about him because he being the son of God, although uh, he was equal with God, didn't regard equality with God, a thing to be grasped. That's Philippians chapter two. So theologically, you're going to see this all in the book. The messianic secret. Jesus makes his identity known on his terms, not on anybody else's terms.
0: Amen. So that brings us to the end of our 30th episode hey. uh, as we're in season two, as we are tackling the book of Mark for the purpose of equipping the saints uh, and making sure that we give you tools to go out and disciple others and share the gospel. So I have a challenge for everybody. I know you guys are out there on social media. I know you guys sit there and watch videos all the time because I do that too. And I know it doesn't take very long to share a podcast on your social media (laughs) platform. So if you could be generous and share this podcast with somebody Uh, That would bless them. uh, Share it on your page. We just want people to hear the gospel. And we're literally going through the gospel of Mark. So uh, just share it with people. And that's a way for hopefully them to just listen in. And maybe that turns into you and them having coffee or lunch and talking about it, which is exactly what we're trying to do here. So go ahead and share that with them. Uh, I hope that uh, you continue to have a a great week. And we will hopefully uh, see you next week.
1: Yeah. Just one final thing. Again, living sent looks like proving it on your calendar. Are you so intentional to make a disciple that it's coming up on your weekly calendar? You have to move things aside throughout your typical week because discipleship is a priority for you. Uh, not just a Bible study, not just a home group, although those, those are great things, but are, are you going and reaching people yourself because Jesus is worth bringing other people to? Uh, let me close out in prayer we'll close it out. Father, thank you so much for this time. Uh, thank you for our listeners. Thank you for your word. I pray that your word would change us, and and being changed, we would bring glory to you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.